0: We're uh, we're continuing in First John, uh, the 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 sh- shameless self plug. If you would like to get a preview of what we're doing, you can buy my book on First through Third John, and uh, we're just going right through. We're just picking up where we left off last year, and uh, so we're in First John three, and today we have to deal with uh, a reality that we all experience that. Um, well, it's like this. Uh, you guys remember Big Lebowski. Great film. Um, in Big Lebowski, and near the end of the, the movie... I think I have a picture of Big Lebowski here. Near the end of the movie, uh, the dude has just gone through some crazy stuff, like there's been kidnappings and toes cut off, all kinds of insanity, uh, bribes and all. Of, and he's sitting there uh, sipping his White Russian at the at the bowling alley, and Sam Elliott is like, Hey, dude, how's it going? And he responds by saying... Strikes and gutters, ups and downs, good and bad. Now, this is in contrast to what he's just been. We're we're looking at a a character who um, is so mellow, so chill, that the craziest adventures don't throw him off his game. He's able to weather all the storms. He recognizes that life is filled with strikes and gutters, ups and downs, but he's in a place where he's able to navigate that. Now, that's, uh, you know, in the world. What John is going to tell us today is, is that happens in our spiritual lives as well. There are times in our lives, in our life where, um, our spiritual, uh, condition is bad. Gutter time. And, and it might train wreck us if we're not careful. There are times when our spiritual life is on point. All strikes, bowling 300. And, John's going to give us some hints for what to do when that happens. So let's take a look. Wherever you come today, wherever you're at, if you're in a strike or in a gutter, there's something here for you. This is 1 John 3. This is how we will know that we have our origins in the truth and persuade our hearts before God whenever our hearts condemn us. God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Dear friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask from him, we receive since we are obeying his commands and doing what pleases him. And this is his command, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus the Messiah, and love one another just as he commanded us. The one who keeps this command has union with God, and God has union with him or her. This is how we know that he remains in union with us from the Spirit That God gave us. Well, John wants to start out with people who are in the gutter. Um, This is how we will know we have our origins in the truth. This is, uh, in in, in my commentary, they asked me to do a fresh translation from the original Greek. What you'll get in most uh, translations is that we are uh, of the truth um but really john's concerned with origins who's who's your father what family are you a part of and so we sometimes might wonder if we have uh, if we're part of the truth family the god family maybe maybe we might doubt that at some point and and we, how are we going to persuade our hearts uh before god how how are we going to know when when we talk about hearts we tend to think about feelings right like you might feel like uh, and you can feel a lot of different things, um, but really in in the Greco-Roman world and certainly for Jewish people, the idea of the heart was the whole body. It's uh your it's your will, it's your thoughts, it's your deliberation. It is includes your feelings, but it's your, it's your it's all of you. So there's going to be times, John says, when if you're taking an honest look at yourself, you're not going to be too happy with what you find. You're going to be looking at yourself and you're going to be thinking. I'm not doing great. Maybe uh, you're caught up in a uh, persistent sin, uh, and you're like, why can't I kick this? Uh, maybe you're in, uh, in a place where you just are disconnected from the family of God. Uh, there's a lot of different possibilities, but there's going to come times in our lives where if we're honest with ourselves, we're not doing well. And we might get to the point where we begin to doubt that we're in God's family at all. If you, uh, it turns out that the psychologists say that, um, that we actually have like a bell curve in terms of self-confidence and self-esteem in our lives. So uh, when you're when you're a small child, you're at the bottom, you don't have a whole lot of self-esteem or self-confidence because the world is a scary place and you're small. Right around the time of, uh, of eight, uh, 14 to 18, you get on the upward swing. And we all know that's a very awkward time. Uh, if you're in the 14 to 18 zone, I apologize. It's not your fault. You're just going to have to do it. Uh, it's a difficult time because you're, there's insecurities, you're relationally motivated. But good news, once you get into the 18 to 25 zone, you start to experience agency, the ability to feel like you have some command or control of the world around you. And then the sweet spot, the best time of your life in terms of self-esteem and confidence is glorious middle age. For those of us who are in you know, the 40 to 55 zone, this is the this is the best. It doesn't get better. The reason for this is that uh, even though you know that you used to be able to do more stuff because you were like in more in shape or whatever, and, and your body was more capable of things in your in your twenties, um, you've lost some of that. Yes, but you've come, usually, this is all general, I mean, your mileage may vary, but in general, you've come to a place where you've got some stability in a career, in family, you feel like you, you've kind of arrived, you have power to affect change in your life. You are, you know, you, if you want that Tesla, you can get that Tesla. You arrived, you're there. Not only that, there's probably people in your life now who are young, who are looking up to you, who think that you may have some answers, may, may have things figured out. This is the point of life where you you're in the zone. And then your 60s come. It's not, I'm not, I didn't say this, okay? That's not me. It's the, the psychologist said that. I'm just telling you what they said. Just, I'm, just, I'm reporting here, not, we don't talk about that, but it, it gets bad. Um, Last week, John was like, dude, end of life is tough. It's true, man. It's true. Like, poor Jack has been, he had a surgery. He's like, he's in some kind of recovery. It's not fun. I remember Mark told me once he was like, Mark, if you don't know, he was in the the FBI SWAT. Some SWAT. Tough, dude. And uh, at a certain point, they're like, sorry, buddy. You got it. You've hit your fifties. There's younger people who can do it better. And that crushed his soul. So, what do the psychologists tell you to do when this happens? Well, they tell you you need to think back to when you were better, when you were able to accomplish things. When you think back to your successes, Re, review in your mind the, the place in your life where you were awesome and then isolate the obstacles that are in front of you and then and then and then one t- 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 small one after like a little bit bigger like start with a small thing and and exercise your agency show that you can uh, you you've still got it uh, defeat a, a small obstacle then go to a slightly larger one a larger one this will have a snowball effect and pretty soon you're going to be really pumped about yourself again That's what John said, right? We were listening. John, John said, when, you, when your heart condemns you, you need to start performing at a very high level. Okay? When your heart condemns you and you start to doubt that you really are a part of God's family, you need to get your, you need to pull yourself up by the, the bootstraps and you need to get to work. And you need to show, you need to do stuff to show God and yourself that you've still got it, that you're still a part of the family. That's what, is that what he said? That's not what he said. Why? because if we're honest with ourselves if we look inside of who we are and we check in on our hearts our hearts are always going to condemn us we know that there are parts of our life that are there's there's corners and deep dark places that are evil And it's almost like whack-a-mole where if you get serious about holiness and you're like, okay, I've got this problem right here. Uh, you know, I got the, the gossip gene or the gossip bug, and I'm going to smash that. And so the gossip thing comes, you smash it down. And then just as as you finish smashing that something else, you know, laziness pops up. Like, you're smashing laziness. And, and then, uh, in my case, a total lack of self-control comes up. Haven't done it in a few years. Really got to get back to it. I know. And so if you're gauging your, your, your status before God based on your performance, your abilities, and what you're doing, you are going to get caught up in a cycle of doubt. You're going to be like, there's going to be weeks where you're like, ah, I did it, yay. But then you're going to start looking in and again like, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. And the more you reflect on your heart, the, the worse it's going to get. There are a few people, that's the first thing in your note sheets. Performance never leads to assurance. Only cycles of self-doubt. In some cases, it gets even worse. Uh, Performance becomes assurance. You start to ignore the deep, dark parts of your heart. You start to believe that you've got it together, that you're a winner, that you've figured it out, you've aced Christianity, aced God, whatever. And then you become judgmental and prideful of those who don't quite measure up. So what's the solution? Well, what does John say? Let's look at it again. He says, uh, this is how we're going to persuade our hearts when they condemn us. God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. How does that help? Our hearts, uh, you know, they, they they judge, they make decisions, they they deliberate, they think, they will, they feel. What John says, is he's, like, he's like, the problem with looking in is that your status before God doesn't depend on you. It never has. It's not about you at all. It's about God. God see, God's above. God's, God's, God's beyond uh, the roof here. God's beyond uh, the sky. God's beyond the solar system and the Milky Way and the galaxies and the universe. God is up and beyond. God is over everything. And honestly it has really not a whole lot to do with you at all. If you're wondering where your heart is stop looking at your heart instead start looking at God. God who like can count the hairs in your head and the sand on the beach. What's that God like? Well, that God, at the core of God's character, the very center of God's heart, is covenant, it's commitment, it's relentless love. It's the God who never quits. It's the God who who, who saw humanity and said, I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to take Israel, and Israel, I'm going to use you. And then Israel kicked and squirmed and ran away, and God said, I'm not going to stop using you, Israel. I'm, I'm going to stick with you, because I love you, and I've made a promise to you, and I don't go back on my promises. Once you're mine, you're mine forever. And then when Israel couldn't do what God asked Israel to do, God said, then I'm going to give myself to the world to gather in all the nations. And anyone who believes is in my hands. I'm the one who determines that. Has nothing to do with you. I don't unfather. Once I'm your dad, I will always be your dad. And that might be hard for some of us. Um, not everyone had a great father. You know, and if our, if, if our father is our model for God and our father left, what does that tell you about God? Right? That, that might be a mentality you might experience. You might have come from an absentee father. That's not the father you have in Yahweh, the God of Israel. And so that's the next thing in your note cheats. Not sure if you're still God's child? Stop looking at your heart. Remember who your father is. Remember what he did. So if you're in the gutter right now, if you're in the gutter, you might, be, um, you might feel hopeless. Uh, that, that's one thing that, that happens in the gutter where you feel like you just can't get out and you might feel like it's over. It's, it's failure time. And it might even feel like God's not even your dad anymore. You, wrong. When you're in the gutter, stop looking in. Stop looking at yourself and start looking up. But sometimes we're throwing strikes. What, is, uh, what does John say about those of us who are throwing the strikes? Dear friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, when we're looking in like, you know what? All things considered, not doing too bad here. We have confidence before God. And whatever we ask from him, we receive. Since... since Really? Since we are obeying his commands and doing what pleases him. And this is his command. We believe the name of his son, Jesus the Messiah, and love one another just as he commands. This is crazy. We know this is crazy because on the surface of it, it's just, it's just wrong, right? Whatever we ask, we receive. Is there anybody here who's like, you just, it's like God's like a, a vending machine. And you just put your prayer dollar in and, and you get Doritos. Like, every single time it's, like, like flawless. No! What is John even talking about? 1995? The greatest film of the year? Tommy Boy? I I don't even want to... You know what? Forget Tommy Boy. the, The thing about Tommy Boy, it's the story of a son... Uh, who's trying to live up to his father's legacy. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about it is because I didn't want to be uh, vulnerable. But you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, Marilyn, just, just throw back the uh, the, the text. Um, as you know, uh, my father passed last year. And uh, one of the things that uh, people, have, has, people recommend, like ways of grieving, you know, journaling... Um, Talking to him, you know even though i I don't think he's listening necessarily but but just just keeping him present in life, and one of the interesting things uh, that's happened over the last years people will talk to me about, it and I'm like what's it like you know um, when he's not there anymore and obviously there's a hole um, that isn't really ever going to be filled but but what's interesting about it is that um, when I'm talking to him I know exactly what he's going to say back to me. And the reason for that is that uh, my dad and I were so close for so long that, um, and we shared at least 50% DNA, uh, I know him better than almost Anyone. And so I know how he sees the world. I know how he thinks. I know how um, he responds, acts, uh, the good and the bad. And so my relationship with my father now is it's, it's kind of living out um, what he would sort of expect me to do. It's like my goal and there's things where I, I I fail, and there's things where I, I, I mess up, but then there's also times where I'm, like, in the zone, where I'm living the way I know he would want me to live. That intimate knowledge that I have of my dad makes it so that even though I don't hear him all the time, I know what he thinks about stuff, and I know what he would want. John says, if... if, if you can have this relationship with God. You can have a same relationship with God where you're so, you're so close and tight and because we can imitate Jesus, you can actually live in a way where you know exactly what God would want to do right now in this space. You can know what that is. You can know what that life looks like and you begin living into it. What is it? It's uh, We believe in the name of the Son. We trust Jesus' authority and we love one another And when we're doing this, when we're we're embodying, enacting uh, Jesus in the here and now, in our own uh, flesh, by his spirit, we know exactly what God wants us to do. And when we do it, we're going to be asking him for things he is already pleased to give us. Maybe like... God, I, you know if you're, you're if you're in the spirit and you're moving and you're like like God, we need this. We need this money. That's a big one. We need this money. That money will come because God's looking and he, He's like, "Do it. Yes, this is awesome. I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you accomplish this." Like, oh, you need some cash? Here you go. You're you're in sync. You're you're simpatico with what God wants to see done in the world. And when you do that, yes, when you ask, you will receive. This is a crazy promise. And I, I, all I can do is get up here and tell you, I, I just see that it's been true in my life and it's been true in the lives of this congregation. When you're in that zone, God provides in amazing, wild ways. So, next thing in your note sheets, when we're in sync with the Father by trusting and loving one another, we ask for what He wants to give. Like waiting to give us this thing. And so it's like, oh, Lord, can we do this to you know, continue the work of the, the gospel? And he's like, yep, you got it. And if you don't believe me, try it. See what happens when you commit yourself, when you're in the zone, right? You're throwing strikes and you just, you're accepting and trusting in the authority of the one who is the Messiah of the world when you're deeply loving in a self-giving way to other people. See what happens when you ask. And I think you'll see what I've seen that you receive. If you're like, God... My yacht's not big enough. I need a forty-footer. You're probably not in that zone, okay? So if you're thi- if, if what you notice, what you're asking for is like stuff for me <laughs> to be more comfortable. You're probably not there. Instead, when you're asking uh, for for God to help you to love and to heal those around you, that's when you're going to see what it what happens. All right, uh, the very end of this text. Uh, so so if you're if you're in the in the gutter. Remember who God is. If you're throwing strikes, ask and receive, and then tell me about it because I love those stories. The last thing is, how do we know if we're in union? I translate union here Well, you'll get um, uh, remain or abide in most translations, most older translations. Uh, I, I use union because um, I think that what John is doing throughout First uh, John is, is teaching us how to be uh, close, how to be intimately united uh, to God, and that's the language he uses for it. And the question is, how do we know when we're there? Well, the Spirit. Uh, now, just so you know, uh, our, next, our next section, 1 John 4, uh, 1 to 6, is going to talk uh, more about this. So we're just going to get a little preview right now. But I want you to take this away. A lot of times we think that our connection or our closeness to God is somehow something that we feel so is we're sitting there and we're examining ourselves. Like I feel close to God, so I must be close to God, or I feel like I'm distant from God, and so I must be distant from God. I am here to tell you that your feelings are not a reliable guide to reality. And I know this because I'm a huge fan of the awesome rock band, the Japan Droids. I have a picture of the Japan Droids. Uh, this is a show that I was at. There's only two of them. There's only two Japan Droids. Uh, but they have so many speakers that it feels like there's a million of them. And they are very loud and very awesome. And so about, uh, I think, 10, 12 years ago, the last time I saw them, maybe sooner. I can't remember. but It all just fades away. But I remember I was in the mosh pit when I could still do that. And I had this insane, like, they were playing. You got Your favorite Japan Android song is uh, The House That Heaven Built. They were playing that. Okay, great track. I know you all love it. Um, and they're playing it, and I was just like, ah! only I was singing the, the lyrics of the song, yelling them, really. And at the same time, being smashed by all these other people. And, and, and we were all just like, I, I could feel it. I could feel like like we all, all the Japan Droids fans were in this, this union, this, this deep connection where we were all experiencing something sacred, As we listened to this awesome band from Canada, and then the lights came up, so the show was over, and everyone just treated each other like dirt again. You know, people shoving through the exits, people flicking out their cigarettes on your face, just—and I was like, that was an illusion. It was an illusion created by the awesomeness of this band. But I'm not connected to any of these people. I felt like I was, but I wasn't. They're just a bunch of strangers, and honestly, I want to get out of here because they seem kind of sketchy. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start learning how to discern the spirit uh, next week. So you have to come back for that. But I want to I want to leave you with this. Just know at the very beginning, your what you feel like your closeness to God—that is not something that your feelings can properly determine. Rather, rather it is something objective, something that the spirit can tell you. But the question is, how do we listen to the spirit? Well, that's next week. So make sure to uh, to come back. For that, Our feelings do not tell us how close we are to God. The Spirit does. If you're looking to discern the Spirit, come back next week and uh, we'll, you'll, you'll get to know not only how to tell whether or not you're um, in deep union with God, but also where God's calling you to go and do. That's something that we can learn, we can know. But for now, if you're in the gutter, know that it's not forever. Know that God is faithful. Know that God's bigger. And if you're bowling 300 and you're asking and you're receiving, tell me because I want to share it with others to increase their faith. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we, um, we confess uh, some of us here, God, we're in the gutter. Uh, we're, we're caught up in things that are wrong. We know it, we're disconnected. and our hearts condemn us. Holy Spirit of God, lift our eyes, those of us in the gutter, up to the Father. Remind us of who God is, the covenantal, never-quit, faithful God. To remind us that it's not about what we do or don't do that makes us gods, but our Father's fathering us. God, some of us are in, um, we're, we're, we're throwing strikes. We're deeply connected to you. We're, um, we're trusting in Jesus. We're, we're loving in a self-giving, um, self-emptying way, just as Jesus did. God, open our eyes to see exactly what you want for us. Beckon us to ask for it, then give it to us that we can see your power moving, to see uh, your kingdom expanding, to see you tearing down walls, um, to bring about life and redemption and healing. Just let us participate in that. And God, may we encourage one another as we see those in the gutter lifted out, as we see those throwing strikes, praising you and worshiping you and celebrating your power. May we be encouraged as a body. You are good, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.